Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird in this 99th episode? Woo! Funny, 99 episodes. How about that? How do we do it? How did we do it? I don't know. Technically, if we count episode zero as the beginning, the alpha, there's no omega in sight, just so you know. True. Th- this would be the 100th, because our trailer is like a weird mini, a little this, little that. Yeah, with no research going into it. None. We were just spewing it out. Do you want to re-record it? That's how good we are. Do I want to re-record it? <laughs> word for word. We're going to have to get a transcript. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we need it transcribed. <laughs> that is a thing. I, I don't know I don't know how much people are into that, but there are services to get your podcast, your MP3, transcribed. Well, I can tell you right now, I'm not into it. I would not be into something like that. Just reading, just reading a podcast. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> nah, me neither. Seems a little goofy. But what are you drinking this evening? Dogfish, sixty minute. I think I been- might have another pumpkin in the fridge, but you don't have this- any vanilla Jim Beam to go with it yet. True. <laughs> but I wonder. I wonder if I would try it. I would totally try it. A vanilla porter. Mixed with your pumpkin business. Yeah, I, I'm. Not, I mean, I'm. I'm not into the mixing beers, but <laughs> have you ever done it? No. You don't know if you don't like it until you try it. That's true. You make a good point. They're both carbonated, so the carbon's not going to go away, right? Yeah. I'm not trying it. Pepsi Mountain Dew. Pepsi Dew. You would do that? No. Okay, me neither. Good. I was just, I was just making checking. my own, <laughs> making my own name for it. What are you drinking? I'm having just a good old cream ale. Okay. Green can versus green can over here. Oh, here we go. Yep. Like some Martian boobies. Two green cans. Three. Well, we only have two. Well, oh. we do have three because I got an extra one here. I have an extra one, too. Whoa. Quad <laughs> boobs? Quad <laughs> boobies? Those are the Jupiterians. Leave them alone. <laughs> Dang. Speaking of out of this world stuff are they from here i don't know i would say nah the, mm, maybe not from here in this plane of existence but still here that they can walk in and out it's like a it's a different kind of earth yeah maybe i mean if you listen to who we're we'll mention later in this episode they just disappear they just go away so where do you want to start well you guys saw we're talking about the men in black. We are? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. What did you yeah. research? Damn it. <laughs> Persons of a dark shade. Oh. Well, Tommy Lee Jones, he, uh... Nah, I'm just kidding. Not that, men in black. <laughs> that was actually very inaccurate. Or? Or, what are you going to say? Misinformation. Could be misinformation. I also heard a theory... A long time ago, that the men in black could be tulpas. Yes. And we sort of created them. They feed off of the negative energy of people being afraid of them. That's why they're so intimidating. But the people who made the men in black movie wanted to portray them in a better light. So we wouldn't be afraid in order to get rid of the real men in black. 
Because if well, we're not afraid, yeah, if we're not afraid of them, then they lose. They can't feed off of the fear. But I thought the Men in Black movies were a form of. I, I said misinformation, but it's a um, soft disclosure. Well, they're so different in that movie than what anything I read about them really is. I mean, similar, because they don't refer to each other by name. They wear the black suits. They drive the black car. But they're not yeah. fighting aliens. They're fighting us. Right. Um, I found this thing on Biblio, Biblioteca Pleiades. I don't know if you oh, did any yeah. research in there. Did you do research there? No, I didn't get any from there, but... God, I love that site. Yeah. Uh, in Men in Black 3, an idea is presented in an outrageously com- comedic way. Extraterrestrial visitors live in our world and are monitored by a secretive government governmental agency that hides the truth from the American public. We know all that. The movie is based on stories circulating since the early 50s of mysterious MIB traveling around in dark suits and vintage cars, persuading people to be silent about their experiences concerning UFOs and alien life. It's highly entertaining and well worth the admission price. Yet, upon moving, leaving the movie theater, one naturally wonders if any of it could possibly be true. Does MIB-3 use comedy to hide the truth in plain sight? Yeah, I mean, you gotta wonder that, that about a lot of things, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, all the Alien movies, Arrival, E.T., uh, War of the Worlds, you gotta wor- wonder about all that kind of shit. So I, I wouldn't say no. They just hide it in plain sight and make it look goofy, like you said. Well, not to hide or depower the Talpas, but to just make the whole idea goofy. Well, maybe not so much make it goofy, but when they finally do come out and say, yeah, they're real, people are like, I figured. Like, I saw all three of the movies. <laughs> I figured they were real. And you even pretended to be, uh, what's his name from the beginning of the first one? The big... Giant cockroach oh, looking one in Vincent uh, D'Onofrio, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> water. Water. <laughs> yeah, I mean you said it. They're you know, they're they're basically their goal is to contact and silence witnesses of UFO activity. Some people think they're a government organization, others do not. But is it that's what it that's what we're seeing now. But is it all just UFO activity that they want to attempt to cover up or uh, dissuade you from learning about learning more about it? Well, what else would it be? Higher intelligence, further intelligence. So they don't want us to learn more. They're trying to keep us dumb and here on Earth. Yes. Hmm. I'm going to say no to that. M- maybe. I-, I mean, I guess that's possible. Maybe. Why would they? Why, why would they want to keep us here? Slaves. Yeah, that's true. Let me see if I can find real quick. Nope, not there. There was a thing that I read through while I was doing my research about uh, in the book of Genesis with Adam and Eve. If we flip the script, the snake was actually the one trying to give knowledge to these new beings. And the God and the angels were actually the ones trying to keep them at bay. Yeah, but was it? See, I've heard this before. It's kind of crazy, right? Because it kind of like it flips the script, man. Yeah, maybe the serpent was the good guy, (laughs) but then you're like, nah, because well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're taught in church that Satan's a trickster, and don't believe him. But maybe that's they're maybe they're like because we don't want you to learn anything, right? I mean, and and Satan's like, damn it, guys. For real, I'm just trying to teach you something. Oh, like you can go, you can breathe underwater. You don't fucking even know it. I'm trying to teach you. Exactly. Uh, so these uh, quote unquote men, the men in black, they're typically pretty tall, super pale, bald. They have unusually red lips. They look cutie pies. <laughs> and you know, as the name implies, they have black suits with a. Uh, with a white button-up shirt. Or button-down? What do you say? Do you say button-up or button-down? Uh-oh. Somebody's going to fight us? They say you say it depending on how you do it. But I button mine down. But I call it a button-up. But wouldn't a polo shirt? We call it a polo shirt. But that's like calling tissues Kleenexes. It's just a half-button 
collared shirt. I think polo is the the style. I don't think it's necessarily the brand. You sure? I believe so. This is a good question that I, we could ask. Well, I don't know if she'd be into it. <laughs> On the Coming Soon podcast, if it's not already up by the time this episode comes out, <laughs> bring on the questions. So a full button shirt, you call button down or button up? I call it a button up, but I button it down. I start at the top and go down, but I call it a button up. Yeah, I, I was calling buttons up, button up. And polo shirts, I just call polo shirts because it's just a couple of buttons and a collar shirt. I don't think I've yeah. ever called a, any shirt a button-down shirt. Yeah, me either. So what do the men in black wear? They wear white button-up shirts. Uh, well, that's what I call them, yeah. Typically, they drive these black sedans, like a Cadillac or a, you know, a Ford, like a Crown Vic or something like that. They, uh, they will sometimes communicate with whoever they're meeting telepathically. Mm-hmm. But... They definitely communicate telepathically with each other. How do we know that? Yeah, I say definitely. Uh, I think it's just speculation, too, because some accounts, the people said, well, you know, it was like they would look at each other and just kind of know what the other one was thinking. So it's kind of like they were talking to each other telepathically. It's like, you know what? If you don't want me to know what you're saying, speak in Spanish. And then I'm going <laughs> to be standing there like, I don't. I don't fuck. Uh, I don't know. I'll be listening for like keywords, you know, yeah, like colors you know and and numbers and a couple yeah. of curse words. Yeah, punta. Call me a punta. <laughs> hey, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> they also don't refer to uh, themselves by name, so that's kind of like the movie, but they refer to each other by like number. Yeah, who was that that encountered number nine and number ten? I don't know. I cannot remember. That wasn't. Was that Hopkins or was that Harold Dahl? Hmm. Well, it can't be Hopkins because I think Hopkins only met one guy. Harold Dahl was the guy. He was in the boat with his son, right? Yeah. Ugh. I've got so many names running through my head. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Well, let me tell you about this name. Albert Bender. Oh, yeah, buddy. He's one of the, the, the best known men in black accounts. Maybe not the earliest, but one of the best knowns. He was a famous uh, ufologist, ufologist, however you want to say it. Uh, he was born in Duria, PA, in 1921. Really? Yeah, he was, and then he he went into, they called it the Army Air Force. I don't know, but he was honor, honorably discharged, and then he moved to Bridgeport, Connecticut with his family, or his parents. And that's where he started a group named the International Flying Saucer Bureau, which is the IFSB. Okay. And in 53, Bender said that he made a few important discoveries about UFOs. Uh, he planned to publish his findings in an October article for his magazine called Space Review. But guess what, buddy? Bender never published these findings. But he did publish this weird, pretty weird message. He got a little off track. Yeah, well, on track, off track, I don't know. He's a little out of this world, you know what I'm saying? Well, so, what I'm guessing with his weird message is he tried to say it in such a way that they didn't know what he was trying to say. And neither does anybody else. I think he was basically saying, I'm scared. I'm not going to do this. Uh, <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. Do you have the message or you want me to read the message? You go ahead and read it. All right, so what he published says... The mystery of the flying saucers is no longer a mystery. The source is already known, but any information about about this is being withheld by order from a higher source. We would like to print the full story in Space Review, but because of the nature of the information, we are very sorry that we have been advised in the negative. End quote. Wasn't there a warning in there too? I don't know if it was in that particular letter or article, but... Yeah, I didn't I didn't get the the warning, but yeah, there was a warning. We advise those engaged in saucer work to please be very cautious. Wow. That was the end of the IFSB, the International Flying Saucer Bureau. You know, he met these people and was like, "Fuck. No." Y yeah. Well, they the men in black typically come in at least two and usually three. Typically, yeah. 
I have a one account where it just it's just a single guy, but what? That wasn't for Oh, was that the picture? Oh, I do have a picture. I wonder if we have the same picture. The guy standing kind of off to the side and next to a building. It looks like he's coming out of the building. Yeah, that's probably it. He's on the left. It looks like he's walking to the right. Yes. Okay, yep. We got the same one. You know, I was just I was just thinking that um the men in black and the movies portray something totally different. But typically, in all these accounts that people have had, they're Caucasian males. Yeah. That's that's why everybody hates us, because of these men in black who are white. Hmm. Guys. You think that's why? <laughs> uh, yes. Yep, we're going to go uh, with that. That's that's it. That's the reason. So you, you want to hear about his... Uh... His little ordeal. Well, I guess it, I don't really have much on it. There's a lot on it, but I could not put it in this full episode. Okay. Because it, w- it would be a full episode on Albert oh. Bender. Oh. oh, Mr. Bender himself. Later on, he uh, he did some other fun things later on because he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not, I didn't do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about Mr. Didn't Bender. Didn't he just die recently? Did he really? I, I'm not sure. 16. 2016 is when he died. Really? Yep. Damn. Just after contact day. March 15th is contact day. I learned that while I was doing this research. Wow. Do you you know what that is? I don't. I was just looking. He was born in 21. I was saying, like, man, he was pretty old. 94. Um, We'll get into that contact day in a little bit, but let's talk more about Mr. Benda. Well, I was just going to tell you, like, why... So he was visited by three men in black suits who told him that he was right about his conclusions. Allegedly, they gave him even more information about the phenomena and then warned him that he better not publish his article. They already read it, even though it wasn't published. They, they read it from his head? Uh, maybe. Maybe he had a rough yes. draft somewhere. They read it and they said, you're correct. Uh, also, here's a little more information, but please don't tell. <laughs> that seems kind of bogus. They're like, yeah, this is good. And this, this, and this, shut up. Yeah, it's like you get arrested because you stole a donut. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I also stole a Slim Jim, a uh, fucking Gatorade, uh, two cartons of smokes. <laughs> uh, you know, like, what are you doing? They only know right. the one thing. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Those men in black sucked. Yeah, their boss was pissed when they got back you told him what yeah he said give me your fedoras you're not worthy <laughs> black fedoras what was the other style uh hamburg that's what it was why do i keep thinking bowler it's close that's some that's charlie chaplin but it's like it's like a bowler flared out okay but i guess it's got that divot in the top one of the most famous pictures is uh winston churchill He's got the stogie hanging out of his mouth, and he's wearing the Hamburg-style hat. Mm. But his is gray, whereas the men in black would be black. Correct. Uh, I mean, that's that's basically all I'm going to get into with... Hairbender? Yeah, because, like I said, if, we, if, I, if, I do, if I started into more, I would have to do more. And we just don't have time for that. Teaser, teaser, teaser. We should do an episode on him. Just Bender? Maybe. He, I mean, his his actual account with the Men in Black, it was like an alien like an alien abduction. But They took him? They, nah, we probably, like you said, we probably shouldn't get into it. Yeah, but, see, uh, I know. I, I wanted to keep going, and I'm like, I got to stop my fingers from typing. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I found the one with uh, number nine and number ten. Oh, who was it? It was that Solway Firth space, spaceman. Yeah. That, that little girl in the picture. Yeah. Where there was nobody else around when Jim Templeton took this picture of his daughter. And then when he got the picture developed, there was this strange looking, like you only see the top torso of his body. You can see one elbow. It looks like you're looking at either the back of this person or the front of this person, obviously. So it could be the right or left elbow. And then on the left side, it's the arm is gone. Like it's behind. He's behind her head. It looks like a space mask, the space helmet with the mask down, and then the rest of it's white. 
it looks like somebody who just kind of wandered into the photo. What the way I picture it is he's taking a picture of the little girl, this spaceman, whatever you want to call it. I have a different theory and I think I'm correct, but the spaceman wanders in and it looks like he's looking off like back. So my, it, from my perspective, it looks like his back is sort of to the little girl. You know what I mean? Yes, but um, I guess it could also be construed as facing you with the mask down. Yeah. But it really does look like a back to me. Yeah. It, if you look at it and you kind of squint and you dim the screen a little bit, it looks like when I when I first saw the picture, I'm like, what's so crazy about this? It's an older gentleman behind this girl. He's got some really dark gray, light, almost white hair. Dark gray to white. Funny. But there's like a dark area, and he's looking away. When I first saw this picture, I'm like, there's nothing. What's so funny about this picture? Then you get into it, and you're, ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, that, to me, that's definitely a back. I, I just, but I had the, to pull it up. Uh, the way the men in black fit into this, Jim Templeton took this picture and had it verified by Kodak themselves, and it was not tampered with. And after it was verified, not long after that, he was visited by number nine and number 10. Right. So they took, they wanted him to take them to the site where this happened. And he did. And he said, this person was not there when I took this picture. And number nine and number 10 got all flustered. And they left and stormed off and they were never seen again. But after that, Templeton was later contacted by two employees at a a nearby missile launch pad in Australia who claimed that they saw two figures that resembled a man in his daughter's photo on launch pad security footage. The same person, huh? Same yeah. man? Apparently, the missiles at that site in Australia had been produced only 20 miles away from the field where Templeton took the photo. So, I don't... The men in blacks there seemed a little bit... Like, they, they gave off their identification numbers and then they failed in their little mission, whatever they plan to do. Right. I, the pictures on the internet, they didn't take the picture. Now, can I blow your mind for a second here? Oh, all right. Let me save this image. So what do you, what, what do you think? You think it was a spaceman? You think he saw a spaceman? A spaceman? A time traveler? Um, maybe a walk-in. He just flickered into existence just as the picture was snapped. Or the picture picked up a different plane. The camera did. Okay. Well, did you see anything? The fact that he was there with his wife who was wearing a blue dress? What? Yeah, let me, uh, let me see. If, can I just share a picture with you here? Is that possible? Yeah, you should, yeah, you should be able to just send it through the chat. I don't know where it went. The picture? I, I, I saved it. Downloads. No, not there. Pictures? Oh, might be on desktop. You save yourself to the desktop? Well, for things that I'm going to get rid of right away. Okay. I was going to say, don't be a girl. Just light up your desktop with stuff. Put it away. Would you? There you go. I just sent it to you. <clears throat> and you're going to know the truth. The truth? The truth. So I don't, all this was I complete think, BS. I think he was confused. I think he thought there was nobody there but i think it's his fucking wife and if you look at the the right side of that picture you're gonna know it's true did you send it to me through skype or text it or what i sent it on skype you get it okay not yet why not did it send is it sending where is it nope i forgot to hit send <laughs> oh now i see it huh hmm. tell me that mm -hmm. doesn't look like a woman wearing a blue dress all you gotta do is darken it a little bit. Looks like a woman wearing a blue dress. She's facing away. Yep, hundred percent guaranteed. That's his wife. That just she got there. He was a little confused. Maybe just didn't realize she was there. That one hundred percent looks like a woman wearing a blue dress. Maybe a little drunk. It's possible. Australian, right? Is that what it is? Solway, and the Australian missile base is twenty miles away. Hmm. That lad was just out there playing with his new toy camera. Yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't altered. No? So Kodak was correct. Yep, but I don't know where this number 9 and number 10 came from, and why. Well, I mean, is it p 
possible. No. It was all a hoax. <gasps> he was like, oh, yeah, I got this. And now these guys came and visited me. He just wanted to try to prove Australia is actually there. Yeah. <laughs> they came from the U.S. Ask them. <laughs> but that's that's actually brings up a good point. Do all the things that we've checked out is these men in black are very United States, not just America, not America as a whole, United States based or or they're American, period. You ever hear any of Chinese accounts about these men in black? Well, I mean, China, China doesn't share anything anyway, but Turkey. Are the men in black wandering around Turkey? Well, you got to wonder, are they men in black if they're there? You know what I mean? Oh, Will they so be they're in a... maybe traditional garb, but a f- more For like a... formal traditional garb? L- like an authoritative uh, person. Yeah. Because we, we see FBI agents... As a an authoritative, very strictly suited person. Not me. Fuck the FBI. And fuck, yeah, come at me. Come on, boys. Oh God. Well, that was a good fun. Ninety nine episodes. <laughs> We're not gonna make a hundred. <laughs> we probably won't make a hundred after this comes out. The Men in Black are coming for us. You know what I say? Fuck the Men in Black too. Well, they're not going to care about us. We don't know anything. Look, anybody, we're only we're only recalling accounts of what we've read on the internet. Yeah, but anybody who spreads the info and researches them gets contacted. Allegedly, I guess we'll see, won't we? Well, yeah. I mean, we still haven't been contacted by any time travelers, and we we were asking for it. Yep. Should we take a break? Yeah, we should. I want to tell you about this Black Lodge thing. This was actually, it was a thing that came up from Philip K. Dick. You know who he is, right? Oh, yeah. He uh, wrote the story and the movie was made of, um, well, the movie's called The Adjustment Bureau. And I think the story was The the Adjustment Group or The Adjustment Men. You know what I'm talking about? Did you see that movie? The movie is called The Adjustment Bureau. Yeah, but the story was not Bureau or something else. Right, it was the adjustment team? Yes, that's what it was. But, I mean, what I'm getting at is he he also come up with the idea of the, the th- yeah, just the idea, the thought of this Black Lodge entity where these things are actually coming from. Right. Hmm. You didn't get into all that? I didn't see it in my research here. It's It's not ringing a bell, but it's kind of flicking my bell here. You know, it's it's, right. it's not ringing yet, but it did a little ding. <laughs> I'll get into it a little bit. I won't go too crazy, but okay. often when a person or institution allied with the historical, quote-unquote, Great White Brotherhood, I don't know what that is. There's a link mm-hmm. on Bibliotheca Pleiades that just seems, Luh. anyway, men in black, they're all white guys. We're in trouble. Yeah. And the all-white brotherhood? Great White Brotherhood. Oh, hey, <laughs> look, do not sign up for that. Right. Uh, no, nope. I don't want that newsletter. I don't want any of it. No. Sounds a little dangerous. There's, I'm sure there's hazing. <laughs> there's probably a lot of hazing. And hey, <laughs> they better not find out you have anything but Caucasian in you. Ooh. There's an Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> I was out. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Anglo-Saxon runs deep in these veins. <laughs> my sister, my mama, and my cousin, all my girlfriends. <laughs> Son. You must be from Alabama. <laughs> oh, boy. Good thing we don't have any listeners in Alabama. Unless we do. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> anyway, often when a person or institution allied with the historical Great White Brotherhood approaches success, variously defined, or comes into possession of certain aspects of transcendent wisdom, something intervenes. That something has been defined as the man in black, the men in black, the Black Lodges or the Black Lodge. The latter term most nearly accommodates my own view, the writer of the article, that they need to do this and that they often fail in their efforts is itself an indication that A, the Black Lodge is opposed by something else equally as strong, B, they are afraid of something we might find out about them, about their opposition, about ourselves, or all three. The story of our interaction with the U- UFO knots begins with the 
Kabbalistic tree of life and the chakra system of the body. See if we get too into that, then the fellas in black will be here. You know what? Not to get off course, but it, it reminds me of Agent Smith. Oh, the yeah, men in black. Because yeah. he, he shows up and he's like, they were getting too close to the truth. They were fi- figuring it out and he's like trying to stop them. Yeah. The, the system the system is, is trying to stop the spread of the knowledge. What if the men in black are the creators of the simulation? And they're like, mm. and they're like, oh, whoa, hey, you're learning too much. We got to keep you a little bit dumb because if you get too smart, you're going to figure it all out. If you get too smart, don't be too smart. Just be smart, but don't tell anybody. Yeah, well, you don't have to worry about that with me, buddy, because I'm dumber than <laughs> uh, I don't know. Listen to this thing, though. The late Philip Dick, in his last Gnostic allegorical fiction, eventually settled on the name Valis, or Vast Active Living Intelligence System, for this being or Demiurge. All I heard was P. Dick came up with Phallus. (laughs) Three dick jokes. There we go. Had to get him in. Proceed. All in one sentence, baby. Mm -hmm. How we roll. We get it done. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. With a name like P. Dick, you can wham, bam all you want. I don't know. I think he was, I think he was on to something else. Ah, uh, okay. If you dig into his story, ooh, doggy. He was interesting. Yeah, he was. He wrestled through his literary career and secret life as a Christian Gnostic philosopher with whether Vallis, not Vallis, oh. Vallis was a benevolent, if machine-like deity of a sort or an insane extraterrestrial supercomputer. Both of those things say simulation. Yes. Very interesting. Yeah, it is. So these persons of a darker shade are uh, agents of the system. Well, speaking of of darker shade, a weird thing is older accounts of the men in black had them as shorter almost asian type maybe olive skinned individuals really yeah and now they've evolved or maybe they just changed how they're making these things and now they're these tall almost translucently pale yeah hairless in one account i read they told it might be bender it might be bender they told him that they weren't born of a woman's womb they were born of an egg. Oh. Yeah. Fancy. So, could it mean reptilians? Ooh. Or could it mean they were, like, in a test tube? They weren't born of a womb, but they were born of eggs. So, uh, okay, okay. A, a female egg in the test tube. They could have been huh. hatched, or they could have been test tube babies. Test tube babies. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Produced asexually. Okay. Asexual. All right. Now, where do you want to go? Do you want to fly around the Cascade Mountains for a minute? Sure. Sure. I heard it's beautiful. Mount Rainier and all that stuff? Yeah, weather's great, right? <clears throat> yes. I'm pretty sure the pilot was Kenneth Arnold. We'll just, just uh, call him the pilot. The pilot. On June 24th, 1947, he was flying to Yakima, Washington. That's where he wanted to go. And he was flying from Chehalis, Washington. I, don't, I guess that's how you say it. Okay. Linda from Cage's Kiss. She would know. She's from Washington. Ah, she's probably pulling her hair out like these stupid idiots. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he got diverted at first. He wasn't, so he, he wanted to go to Yakima, but he got diverted because there was a, uh, they asked him to search the area near Mount Rainier for a large marine transport. And I looked that up because I thought maybe whatever this guy's doing had whatever he saw had something to do with the dis- disappearance of this large marine transport. But what happened with those guys, it was in mid-December of 46. Now, this he was flying around in June, and they still haven't found this, this wreck. Damn. It was cold. I thought the weather was beautiful. <laughs> Well, it happened to be beautiful then, but still, Mount Rainier. It was a little chilly. So they had him flying around 
what happened with these guys in this marine transport is it was super bad weather and they were flying to I forget where they were flying to, but they ended up getting into some really bad weather, bad clouds, snow banks, all that stuff, and then they crashed into Mount Rainier and they actually didn't find this wreckage until a month after this guy was flying around. Damn. Wow. I thought maybe they had crashed because they saw something. Yeah, maybe a UFO took them out. Something got them. Something got them. But I went down that road because of what this guy saw. He was flying, looking around for that wreck, and then, you know, he didn't see it, so he started back toward where he wanted to go, Yakima, and he saw... uh, A black lodge. Not a black lodge. It was just floating out there right above Mount Rainier. Like an avatar. These several objects flying in a straight line. And this dude's, you know, he's he's a really good pilot. And he was trying to judge that it was a very clear day, he said. So he could see for 50 miles. It, the, it, the day was so nice that he said he could just set the controls in the plane and just let it go. Wow. And he was watching these these objects, and they were flying super fast. And he was trying to clock how far they were going from one point to another. Mm-hmm. And then after all this, he discovered, because he, he looked at the distance and how long it took them to travel from this distance to that distance, and this is when he was looking at maps later on, they were flying at 1,700 miles per hour, all together. Whoa. Yeah. That's fucking fast. A little bit. He didn't know it was that fast until later on. It, it was uh, nine peculiar-looking aircraft flying from north to south at approximately 9,500 foot elevation and going, seemingly in a definite direction of about 170 degrees. How did he keep track of them? If they were flying that much faster than him, how was he able to keep track? Like, he was in the sky, so, it's you know, shit is relative. So, yeah, when we're looking at a plane way up in the sky, we're like, man, that thing looks like it's going slow. But if you're in the sky with it, you're like, that thing is fucking booking. Yeah. So he's so in the I- sky and he sees these things. And calculates they're doing 1,700 miles an hour. He didn't calculate it there on the spot. Well, he just, no, but... He, tra- he tracked how much it, how long it took him to travel from this peak to that peak. And then later on, he actually ran those numbers. But still, there was enough time for him to look at these objects and see how fast they were mo- moving. That's, that's booking it, dude. Y- yeah. But he was up there. He was up there with them so, for, for long enough to... to to look at all the all these details, he he created a sketch later on of them, and they're like a. He said he when as he was watching these objects move, he was looking for the tails of them because he thought maybe they were some sort of, you know, an aerial act or something, mm-hmm. or, or training. But he was trying to look for the tails of these air vehicles, and he did not see the tails. And later on, his sketch is of a like a crescent shape. They think of. As a B-52 bomber, the big black triangle one. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of a triangle, it's a big rounded crescent. Okay. And and it's still jagged on the back, like a, like a bat's wing. Okay, yeah. But that was the entirety of the vehicle is like one bat's wing, like a big crescent thing flying through the air. But he got all this detail while they were flying through the air. I got to call bullshit, dude. Well, he got a visit from ye old men in black. After he, he landed, and he's like, man, that was super weird. And he started telling his his buddies about it. Uh, his good friend Al Baxter was one. And then he started talking to other pilots about it. And uh, another guy, Sonny Robinson, a former Army Air Force pilot who was now operating dusting operations at Pendleton, Oregon. That was in 47. Mm-hmm. What you observed, I'm convinced, is some type of jet or rocket-propelled ship that is in the process of being tested by our government or even it could possibly be by some foreign government. And then somebody else told him, nah, dude, that was that was some missiles you saw. Missiles? Yeah. I, okay, I could almost get behind that one. Yeah, I, I'm pretty okay with that. But later on, he he did get a visit from the Men in Black, and they told him to stop talking about all of it. I was looking, I was trying to find how fast planes flew back then. I... I he can't get the fucking details. If he's doing his speed, he sees these yeah. objects, 
doing pushing 2000 miles an hour how the fuck are you going to tell me you can get th- the shape of it and you can you have time to count like okay uh he's going from peak to peak blah, 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 blah. they're going too fast it's all relative up there it's looking like they're going up. i mean they what were they doing up a thousand miles an hour more than him 1500 miles an hour more than him oh easy there's no way he was able to get that detail so you're calling a little hooey on this one i you know i don't know i mean yeah it's an int- interesting regardless yeah so i wonder if the men in black are here to say like look shut the fuck up you're wrong <laughs> you can't be spreading this knowledge yeah you stop it this is totally wrong how's it wrong all right What's another account? Well, I got uh, Dr. Herbert Hopkins. Ooh. Yeah, this is this is a pretty good one. So Hopkins, he was working in Maine as a consultant on this UFO case. I think they called it the Stevens case in 1976. Then one evening he gets this phone call from somebody who said they were, you know, they're an activist in the UFO community and asked if he could come over and meet with them to talk about this case. Okay. So Hopkins is like, yeah, sure. Why not? And then he hangs up the phone and he goes over to turn on the porch light so the guy, when he finally got there, he could see the steps. When he turns the porch light on, this motherfucker's already walking up the steps, dude. There, <laughs> he was already there. This is in 1976. There's no cell phones. There's also no pay phones in the area of, this, of his house. So the man what? was in a black suit, black tie, black hat. He had gray gloves, so I don't know if he was maybe maybe he's a rookie. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's how they indicate rookie. Yeah, he was very very pale and seemed to be wearing red lipstick. Anytime we talk about these guys, it, it seems like it's a they're albino, hairless, yeah. super pale, almost translucent skin. You know what? Our next episode should be on the tall whites, the aliens, because it reminds episode one hundred. Oh yeah, shit. But we could. I don't care. But that I mean, they sound like the tall whites. Whoa. They were Well well first they were short. What's it do? Squat? Well, I mean, maybe before they were the greys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White. Yep. Just oh my like god. That. Was Tolkien visited by aliens? Oh my god, you did it, dude. Ugh. The men in black are coming for you because you just pieced it together. You're done. I put it together. Tolkien. Lewis Carroll. I almost made a Harry Potter joke, but then I realized that's the wrong story. No, Dumbledore is not involved. She's not <laughs> she's not smart enough to be visited by the men in black. So She's rich enough. She could just call any of them. But yeah. she's not smart enough. Wow, that's anyway. rude. Was it? <laughs> so <laughs> Hopkins, he sees the guy, he's like, What the fuck is Okay. Come in? Yeah, against his better judgment, because he's like, this is fucking weird. He let- are you a vampire? Yeah. If you are, you have to say it. Just like if you're a cop and you're undercover, you have to say it if I ask you if you're a cop. <laughs> I think so. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> come in, come in. <laughs> so he comes in, he sits down, and then he takes off his hat. Oh, no. Yeah, and then that's when Hopkins could see there was no hair anywhere. He didn't have hair on top of his head. He had no eyebrows. He had no eyelashes. Just this fucking weird Voldemort-looking fucking thing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He had a nose. Voldemort doesn't have a nose. Well, I think their noses are very, very tiny, too. So, yeah. (laughs) All right. So, Hopkins' dog was like... Fuck this. And he went and hid from the man, like, in the closet. So I don't know if he was sensing that this man was not normal or possibly not even a man at all. But his dog was like, you're on your own, dude. I know I'm here to protect you, but not from this fucking thing. Did you just bring all those tentacles into my house? I gotta go. (laughs) And Hopkins can't even see the tentacles. They're just on, like, a different wave, uh, (laughs) you know, of fucking frequency that we can't see. So, during their conversation about the case, the uh, quote-unquote man, uh, at one point he, like, brushed his lips with his glove. 
which then smeared the lipstick. What? Yeah, so it, it proved to Hopkins that this dude, this man, this thing was trying to portray lips when he in fact had none. They just mm-hmm. he just like drew it on with this fucking red lipstick like he's fucking <laughs> Jessica Rabbit over here. <laughs> so it was all done. So after the conversation was over, the man told Hopkins that there were two coins in his Hopkins pocket and asked him to pull one out. So he's like, "There's two coins in your pocket. Please pull one out." And so he's like, "Okay, sure. Yeah." He pulls out this fucking penny, and the man told Hopkins to look at the coin closely. And after a couple minutes, the coin it started to change colors, and then eventually. Oh. It just faded out of existence. It was gone. What? Yeah. And then this is where it gets a little weird. Oh, oh. it starts to. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) The man told Hopkins that this coin would never be seen on this planet again. Planet or plane? This planet, I believe. Okay. Uh, Then the man asked Hopkins if you ever heard of Barney Hill. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. I did. Yeah, me Two too. weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Hopkins said, yeah, he did. And uh, he thought that he had recently passed away. And the man said, yes, Barney did not have a heart, just like you no longer have a coin. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and, hold up. That means. That's ominous. <laughs> that'll send a chill down anybody's spine. <laughs> yes, Barney did not have a heart. That's a uh, a little scary. A little bit, yeah. Barney Barney Hill, according to all records, he died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Correct. That's a little bit too much blood in the brain. Now, if your heart disappears, could that release some blood in your brain? I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I would think no. No, because the blood is now just just pooling in your chest. Whatever was left, it wouldn't. It would. You got gravity. It's gonna go down. Oh yeah, yeah. Because the heart pumps it out and sucks it back. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Now I was when I encountered that information, I was trying to figure out, you know, if that could happen. If the heart disappears, would that cause a cerebral hemorrhage? Maybe not. But what if the doctors? were completely baffled by the fact that Mr. Hill suddenly didn't have a heart. And they're like, didn't I just see that in that movie that one time? (laughs) They got a heart back, though. Maybe. And then they just put on the records like, Dr. Stevenson, you didn't see what you didn't see. And then he died of COVID. (laughs) (laughs) We need more research money, damn it. (laughs) 54 years ago, he died of COVID. 19. He was the first one. <laughs> uh, so, you know, after he, he said his creepy comment, the man's speech got all screwed up. He started getting fucked up. He started slowing down. Then the man said, like, he stood up and he's like stumbling all over the place. Uh, he said, my energy is running low. I must leave. So. <laughs> what? I, you need to be juiced up? Or? I don't know. Is he a fucking, what is he, the Energizer Bunny? Like, you got to charge your batteries? What are you, a fucking Tesla bot? Yeah, Tesla bot? I don't know. Was his hat. He took his hat off. Oh, that's what it was. That's his battery pack. <laughs> Son of a bitch. He should have known. He was a newbie. He had those gray gloves. <laughs> that's true. Rookie. <laughs> don't take your hat off, fucking gleep. Come on, rookie. Damn it. Noob. All right, I think I think we have time for one more account, unless you got something else there. Uh... Well, just real quick, after the guy left, I must have scared Hopkins enough because he then destroyed all of his files on the case that he was working on. He demagnetized the tapes, he cut them up, and he burned them along with other documents relating to the case. He was like, wiped his hands clean, fuck this, Mm -hmm. I'm out, I don't want to deal with that fucking weird Energizer Bunny Voldemort looking fuck again. (laughs) Nope. I'm good. And... That's out. That's the end of my story. <laughs> and you're sticking to it. Well, hey, I don't know. Now what do you want to do? Well, you're going to... Harold Dahl? You want to do the... Well, we got time for one more, right? Yeah. 
There's a bunch, dude. There's so many, and I'm pretty sure these are only some of the accounts. Well, do you want to run down the the Mr. Famous Man's story then? Ooh, yeah, let's do him. Okay. And if we ever come back to them in a black, because there's so much on these guys. Yeah. So the uh, the famous man we're talking about, Mr. Dan Aykroyd. Ooh. The old Ghostbuster himself. And this happened pretty recently in time. Compared to a lot of these, yeah. Yeah. This was in, what, 2002, right? Yeah. yeah. The whole thing, The I mean, this... Every other sentence, you're going to be like, what? What? Yeah. This is, the whole thing's super weird. I had found a YouTube video of him telling this story. It's only like two minutes long. Okay. We could share that. I debated on if we should play it on the show, but then I was like, I don't know the fucking rules. Like, could we get sued for, so I was like, nah, fuck it. I'll just, we'll just talk about it. Yeah. But you can find it on YouTube, guys. Dan Aykroyd. What's it called? Dan Aykroyd on Real Men in Black. Yeah, I think that or is. We could, oh, I think the whole. Or we could just share it. Yeah, I think the whole video is like four minutes and something, but his actual account with him is it starts like halfway through. Okay. On the one I found, but yeah. So what brought about his experience with yield persons of a dark shade? <laughs> they're, well, they're not people of dark shade. They're very. Pale complected. They're shady as F, dude. They are shady. In 2002, he was in New York City, and he was filming for this sci-fi, sci-fi TV, like sci-fi channel TV show that was called Out There. And he was on a break outside. He's smoking a cigarette, and he gets this phone call from motherfucking Britney Spears. In 2002, I'm pretty sure I was in love with Britney Spears, and I would have died for a phone call from her. Is that the oops, I did it again years? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, two? I was two years out of high school. Could have been the oops, I did it again years. Yeah, I was uh, a mm. freshman or a sophomore, I think. Yeah. So you might think, oh, this is weird. Britney Spears, what the fuck? You making this up? But no, because he, yes. Britney Spears played his daughter in the 2002 movie Crossroads. So they kind of knew each other and... uh so she, you know, she, they're on the phone together. Brittany's trying to get Dan Aykroyd to appear on SNL with her. That's cool. Yeah. And then he looks over and he saw this black Ford sedan. He's like, hmm, okay. And he turns back. He's talking, talking, talking. And, and he said, uh, he looked at, looked over at the car again and the plate, it was, it was like fuzzy. Like he couldn't make the plate out. Like it was some kind of weird block I don't know if it was a mental block of what it, whatever it was, but there were two men there and this very large man got out of the back seat and stood in the middle of 42nd street and just stared at him. Large as in tall. Yes. Yeah. Just a, just a tall, weird looking mm. f- tall white. I'm not saying it's a tall white, but I think they might be tall whites. Mm. Uh, he turned away for a moment and turned back towards the car and it was gone. Completely gone. Like it just faded out. Yeah. And he also says the car did not go by him, nor did it make a U-turn. Uh, he said the car just vanished, and it must have had some sort of cloaking. That's what he said. It must have had some sort of cloaking ability. His words. Yeah. That's 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 kind of funny, crazy. Uh, then about two hours later, he was told that his show was canceled and none of the episodes would air. Mm, he... See, that, that leads you to believe that he was on to something. Possibly. I wonder if he has that footage somewhere. I don't know. I mean, they. I think he said that they were on like their eighth ep- episode or something like that. And then all of a sudden, show's canceled. We're not going to air any of this shit. Uh, you wasted your fucking time. Go see if you can get on Britney's next album. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's up. Yeah, that's basically all I have on that one. There's not really much to it just a quick little account you know yeah well we'll probably revisit the men in black or at least they're going to be showing up in other episodes i don't doubt it on march 1st 1967 a memo a memo was sent out by 
this fucking title was super long. It was sent out by Assistant Vice Chief of Staff of the United States Air Force, Lieutenant General Hewitt T. Wellis. How long is that? The dude has like three lines for his title. Yeah, don't get him a football jersey. Holy shit. <laughs> so the memo said, quote, information not verifiable has reached HQ USAF, which is headquarters, United States Air Force, that persons claiming to represent the Air Force or other defense establishments have contacted citizens who have sighted unidentified flying objects. In one reported case, an individual in civilian clothes who re represented himself as a member of NORAD demanded and received photos belonging to a private citizen. In another, a person in an Air Force uniform approached local police and other citizens who had sighted a UFO, assembled them in a schoolroom, and told them that they did not see what they thought they saw and that they should not talk to anyone about the sighting. All military okay. and civilian personnel, and particularly information officers and UFO investigating officers who hear of such reports, should immediately notify their local OSI offices. End quote. Mm. So, that's a little weird. And then, <laughs> uh, another one from 1967 was by Colonel George P. Freeman. You might know that name because he's a spokesperson for Project Blue Book. Not Blue Beam, Blue Book. Yes. And uh, this quote says, The mystery of the flying saucers is no longer a mystery. The source is already known, but any information about this is being withheld by order from a higher source. We would like to print the full story in Space Review, but because of the nature of the information, we are very, very sorry that we have been advised in the negative. That sounds like the same quote from Bender. What? Is that the same fucking quote? <laughs> is that the same quote? Oh my god, it, it, like it. it fucking is. The same exact one. Where the fuck? What happened here? I'm going to cut that part out. Fuck that. I don't <laughs> want to sound like it. That's what I found, though. That's a little crazy. I could be in two places. I'm confused. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Hmm, have you been visited by... Oh, are you ready to be done? Yeah, 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 yeah. we can be done. All right. Well, hold on. Do you, what, do you, what do you think they are? Men in black? Yeah, what do you think they are? I'm curious. I like the idea that they're trying to keep us away from as much information. They want to keep us at bay. If you get too far down that particular rabbit hole, they want to keep us at bay. They want to keep us enslaved... I kind of like the idea of the simulation theory, mm. simulation hypothesis, that is, that they are a a, a blockage by the system so okay. that it keeps us in there. But I also like that a higher intelligence is trying to keep us from becoming too intelligent. What about you? I think they're tall whites, dude. They, I mean, okay. the description matches uh, Bender, well... That doesn't quite match the tall whites. I don't know. I, I think they're either tall whites or they're either these simulation creators or put in here by the simulation creators to kind of, you know, maybe the UFOs, maybe they're just fucking repairmen. You know what I mean? Like Maybe they're just <laughs> go flying around fixing the fucking dome. You know what I mean? Just maintenance men. Yeah. So <laughs> then they're like... <laughs> I don't know what you saw, but you didn't see what you think you saw. <laughs> we created all of this. They're just lowly janitors cleaning up your fuck-ups. <laughs> well, I guess we should ask everybody else what they think. Yeah. Good Apple Podcasts. Look up Bring on the War Weird. Give us five stars. And who are these men in black? Don't review the show. Don't ever review the show. No. No, we already know idea. we're fucking awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just going to get a shitload of one stars. <laughs> These arrogant assholes. <laughs> and you can find us on Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts. I think, pretty sure, if you have a Google Home, you can just holler at it and tell it to play Bring on the Weird. But you shouldn't have a Google Home or an Alexa or any of that shit. But if you do... Oh, so you. You just want to carry Siri around in your pocket. 
Love all it. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I say, hey, Siri, give me a little buzz. Yeah. <laughs> and it vibrates. And I say, ooh, yeah. Anyway. That's nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> if you want some dope merch, go to myconspiracytees.com slash bring on a weird. All the things. I'm not going to say it again. You know it. Go get some cool shit. Yeah. And actually, that's that's one way to support the show. Another way to support the show is go to weirdnesshq.com. Look for the post about episode 99 and just hit one of those links that are in there. Because, but well, and grab one of those shows or movies or episodes or products that we're going to share in there. And actually, so you get something and you support the show. Yep. And we need all the support we can get. Yes, sir. We are hapless fools. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, stay weird, world. And we'll see you guys next time.